the book of Nehemiah, but this church is no stranger to the book of Nehemiah because our pastor loves that book. We all know the, his series on the gates and his uh, messages with that. Um, we are thankful for that. Uh, the, there's, it's unbelievable how smart he is sometimes. He, he, he preaches, and I'm thankful for him. And we're going to talk a little bit about him tonight, and I know he's probably listening to me, and it is what it is, but the book of Nehemiah is a jam-packed book full of, of, of some good stuff. And uh, as we look into it tonight, I, I stated last week that I had planned to preach on the importance of our Bibles. And the Lord changed that. And I, I understand that, uh, and we all must understand that it's God's message would do you much better than my message will ever do for you. And uh, last week, I, I, the Lord changed my message, and I believe that's exactly where He had us. And I hope it was a blessing to you, and it reminded us of uh, the blessed hope of Calvary last week. And then, uh, just I don't believe in coincidences, but uh, the Lord changed Preacher Brian's message Sunday morning. And it seemed like that I wasn't here. I, was, I listened to the, to the live stream, but it seemed like the theme of Sunday morning service was the blood. Uh, the choir sang on the It's Still the Blood, and the uh, preacher Brian, the Lord changed his message, and it was directed towards being thankful uh, for the blood of Jesus, and I'm thankful for that. You know, the past few weeks, uh, I, I growing up, I don't listen to much southern gospel music, especially some of the new stuff, um, but growing up, there was a song that used to come on the radio, uh, I believe Gold City used to sing it, you probably know it, and the lyrics to that song says, I believe that there was a man named Jonah who lived in the belly of a whale. I believe that there was a beautiful heaven. There is a beautiful heaven. I believe there's a burning hell. I believe Moses led God's people all across the hot sand. And when they came to the river, God parted the water and they walked across on dry land. And I could go on with the second verse, but that first phrase of that chorus says, I believe in the blessed hope, the book, and the blood. And I got to thinking about the last couple services. We hit the blessed hope last Wednesday night. The blessed hope of that place called Calvary. And Preacher Brian hit it out a little bit on that subject of the blood. And this tonight, I believe without a shadow of a doubt that God did not allow me to preach last week's message because it was designed for this week. And it's not the same message I was going to preach last week, but it's a uh, something similar, but... Uh, as a church, a whole as a church, it is our desire. We should desire for God to use this place in a great and mighty way. We was talking about Bible school just a minute ago, and 
uh, I don't remember exactly, but I believe there was some upwards of 175 people here in Bible school last year. That is a big, big number for a lot of children. And listen, uh, this is a lighthouse for a lost and dying world. And uh, for the Christian, this is a place where we can get help. It is an oasis. It is a place where uh, God can feed us and help our families and uh, and help us grow. The Bible says in the book of uh, First or Second Corinthians that when I was a child, I spake as a child. Now that I'm old, I put those things away and you act grown. Or, and we think of my child and how if I was to go and give her a piece of steak, it would probably kill her because she, she can't chew it. And that's how it is with Christians. When we are born again, as we grow, we grow in the grace and the knowledge of the Holy Word of God. But as we look at our scripture tonight, and listen, this may be a whole other world than we did last week, uh, but I hope it'll be a blessing to you. But if you found your place in Nehemiah chapter number 8, I would ask you to stand for the reverence of God's Word tonight. I'm going to read uh, kind of sporadically throughout this chapter, but I do ask you to pray for us tonight as the Lord will help us. If you look at Nehemiah chapter number 8, verse number 1, the Bible says, And all the people gathered themselves together, as one man into the street that was before the water gate, they spake unto Ezra the scribe to bring the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded to Israel. And Ezra the priest brought the law before the congregation, both of men and women, and all that could hear with understanding upon the first day of the seventh month. And he read therein before this. He read therein before the street that was before the water gate uh, from the morning until midday. And we complain about not getting out of here before 12. Just imagine us not getting out of here until half the day is over. Uh, but the Bible says uh, from the morning until midday before the uh, men and the women and those that could understand. And the ears of all the people were attentive unto the book of the law. And Ezra the scribe stood upon a pulpit of wood. Uh, which they made for the purpose. Skip down to verse number 5. The Bible says, And Ezra opened the book in the sight of all the people, for he was above the people. And he, when he opened it, all the people stood up. And listen, do you, you see the three things there that we do to this day? He was preaching behind this pulpit of wood. And listen, I don't like them glass see-through uh, messes that they've got at a lot of these new churches. I like the old wooden pulpit. But you just see that it says that he was above all of them on the platform. Um, and the Bible says that uh, when he opened the book, all the people stood up. And listen, I, 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 it does not say anywhere in the Bible that you're required to stand up, but I do believe that we as Christians should honor the Word of God. Uh, but the Bible says in verse number 6, it says, And Ezra blessed the Lord, uh, the great God. And all the people answered, Amen, Amen, with lifting up their hands. And they bowed their heads and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. Look at verse number 8. The Bible says, So they read in the book, uh, in the law of God, distinctly, and gave the sense and caused them to understand uh, the reading. If I could preach on a thought tonight, and I'm going to be quick like lightning tonight. If I could preach on a thought, it would simply be this, a church... That makes the devil run. A church that makes the devil run. Let's pray tonight. Lord, I'm thankful for the opportunity that you've given us tonight. Uh, for the opportunity to gather in your house once again. Lord, I'm thankful for the good crowd that you've allowed on a Wednesday night. Who have a desire to come be fed from the Holy Word of God. 
Lord, I ask you that I, and I admit to you that I am nothing. I can't do this on my own and I need you to help me. Lord, I ask you to give me the words to say. Keep the words that I shouldn't say out of my mind, out of my mouth. And Lord, I ask you to help that one tonight that's closest to hell. Help that one that's discouraged, that's struggling with something in their life. And Lord, help Faith Community Baptist Church as a whole. Help us to grow not only in numbers but spiritually tonight. And we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. Like I said, this is a... A familiar text we've heard already that uh, our pastor preaches a lot sometimes through those gates. And I'm not going to be hitting some of those gates tonight. Any, I'm not going to hit any of those gates. <coughs> I'm going to leave that to our pastor. Uh, but uh, we look through this text in our Bibles and it is very clear that uh, there was a group of people that had a desire to get something from God. Now, if we go back to Nehemiah chapter number 1, we go to the context of this. And like I said, I'm not going to labor long uh, through this, but I do want to give you some context. But if you go back to uh, Nehemiah chapter number 1, we know that Nehemiah was at the palace of Shushan Palace there. And uh, one of, I'm going to try to remember who, what his name was. Um, Haniah was his brethren, and he came unto him and told him that the the walls of Jerusalem had been destroyed and torn down uh, and that troubled Nehemiah. And we see in throughout from chapter number 1 on, it, the Bible says that Nehemiah wept and he, he fell to his face and he got on his face and prayed to God. And listen, that is an example of how we, you and I should be. When stuff goes south in our life, the first thing, first thing that we should do is go to the Lord. You look at Nehemiah 1, uh, verse number 3 and 4, I believe it is, is where you find that. But you go through this whole story and you see where God allowed Nehemiah to go and uh, re help rebuild the walls of Jericho, the wall of Jerusalem and these gates. And he used people. And you look uh, throughout there, and I saw this early and I wrote it down. Uh, throughout this thing, he went secretly by, he went secretly and didn't tell nobody. And he went and investigated Jerusalem. And he saw the walls were torn down. He saw that everything was destroyed. And he went back and he told, he said unto them, Let us rise up and build, is what he says. I believe that is in chapter number two. He tells the people, Let's rise up and build. And you know, the, some of those people got up and they helped him. And he was able to complete the walls in 52 days. And, and we're thankful that the God used this uh, group of people in Nehemiah to rebuild the city of Jerusalem here. But we all see, and just like every circumstance, even in our lives today, when uh, Nehemiah said, let's rise up and build, there was a group of people that was said, yes, let's build. And I'm thankful for a church that when our pastor or our youth pastor or myself has a vision, you are behind us, whether it's with the youth group or whatever it is, let's rise up and build and further the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. But if you further read just past that, there were some people who did not like that. And you can, uh, Tobiah was one of them. And you can keep going on through the scripture. But we get here that in the 52 days that they rebuilt these walls and the gates. And they were uh, preparing. And they were preparing the, at the one point they, uh, they had a, a weapon in one hand and a tool in their other hand. And they were uh, prepared to, for an attack. And the Bible says that uh, they were the walls in Jerusalem was complete. But uh, we get here to uh, chapter number 8. And this is where everything is finished. And if you look through chapter number 7, 
It's a lot of the genealogies of, uh, of this time. There's a lot of names, and I listen to it because I, I have a hard time reading these names. So I click the, the dude to read it for me on my tablet, and he reads through it. And it's a 73 verses of a lot of names that's hard to remember and hard to pronounce. Uh, but if you look just a few verses before chapter number 8, we find out that there was in this congregation of people, there was close to 50,000 people. You look in verse number, uh, verse number 66, the Bible says, The whole congregation together was 42,303 score. Uh, 67 said, Besides their, hand, beside their hands, made manservants and their maidservants, of whom there were 7,337, and they had 240 and five singing men and singing women. There's close to 50,000 people here in this congregation, but uh, there's something that I want you to just a few quick things as we look into the scripture tonight is we see number one in verse number, this is just by way of introduction. If we look at verse number one in chapter number eight, the Bible says, And all the people gathered themselves together as one man into the street that was before the water gate. And we see here, and I want you to understand, and our preacher has said this many times, a church will stop dead in its tracks if we don't have unity. And as we go forward in the ministry, if we ever want to be a church that makes the devil scared, if we ever want to be a church that makes the devil tremble, and I believe that's our pastor that preaches the message, a church that makes hell tremble. I think that's him. I may be wrong, and I'm not trying to, I'm not stealing his title tonight. But as we look at that, a church will be, it will, it will kill a church very quickly if God's people start butting heads. And we see throughout our lives, I've never been a part of a church split. I've never been a, a part of any of that and I'm thankful I've never had to be a part of that but from the get-go we see here in verse number eight it says and all the people almost all the almost 50,000 people the Bible if you look up that word all in all the different languages all means all it don't matter what if it's in the Greek or the Hebrew or Spanish or German whatever you look all always means all and so it says and all the people gathered themselves together as one man into the street that was before the water gate, and they spake unto Ezra the scribe to bring the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded to Israel. Now we know here this is Old Testament. We, we understand that the whole canon of Scripture is not here just yet. and uh, We see that this is a, a group of people that had some desires. And I believe as a faith community Baptist church, if we ever want to make the devil tremble, if we ever want to make the devil want to run away, if we ever want to make this church go forward, there are some things that we can take by way of application tonight from this congregation here, and we can apply them to our own lives, and we can apply them to this church, and it'll help us go forward. We look around in our county, we look around in, uh, in the towns, and this charismatic contemporary movement has taken what God has built up and has tried to make, the, make a worldly thing out of it. And listen, they're trying to remove preaching. They're trying to change the old way of doing things. There is uh, trying to uh, just completely do away with uh, the way God has ordained this thing. And listen, I, I know that we are an ever-changing world, but there is a man that we serve that is never changing. The Bible says in the book of Hebrew that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If God told us to do something in this Bible, he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he is never changing in his word 
Word is never changing. But I want you to know as we study through this tonight that uh, this is uh, not something that I would... I'm thankful that I'm not your senior pastor tonight to preach this. It is very hard for a pastor, a senior pastor, to preach about the pastor. And so tonight I want you to kind of go through these things on how we can make our church make the devil run. We can see number one tonight that the devil, this congregation was gathered themselves together as one man. We see there was a unity in this congregation. And listen, from the very get-go, if you have a... a, a a trouble with your neighbor, if you have something going on, the Bible says you are to forgive one another, even as Christ has forgiven us. Get that stuff fixed. If you never get it fixed, you cannot move forward. And I'm just being very blunt with you tonight. Uh, but I got three quick points, and I'm going to be done. But we see this church had three things that they desired. And at Faith Community Baptist Church, if we take these three things and apply them to our own life, we'll help us. But we see, number one, that they had a desire for a man. You say, a man? We look at verse number one. The Bible says, and all the people were themselves, all the people gathered themselves together as one man into the street that was before the water gate. And they spake unto Ezra the scribe to bring the book. And as a church tonight, as we look at this scripture, we need to understand if we ever want to move forward in our life, we need to desire a God-fearing, leather-lung, Holy Ghost-filled, King James Bible preacher. And listen, I, I understand the world we're living in tonight. You go just a few miles down the road, and I saw some videos today of Joel Osteen and these, these jacklegs who are just trying in it for the money, and I want you to understand that is not a preacher. A preacher is a man who stands firm on the Word of God, who preaches the entire counsel of the Word of God. Listen, sometimes I've stood behind pulpits all over the southeastern part of this country, and sometimes God gives messages that is very difficult to preach. Our pastor has stood behind this pulpit and, probably, and preached stuff that has not been easy for him to preach. But because of his anointing, because of his calling, because of what God has done in his life, he is what the man that we should desire. I understand that he's partial because he's my pastor, but... This congregation here, they knew that they, in order for them to move forward in the way that God had made things, that they needed a man to preach this book to them. The Bible says that they spake unto Ezra the scribe to bring the book. And listen, I'm thankful that I wake up on a Sunday morning and get my clothes together and get our child and we get in the car and come here and I don't have to worry about my man of God coming up here preaching something off the wall. I don't have to worry about my man of God coming up here in flip-flops. I ain't got to worry about him listening to rock music. I have all confidence that we have a man here at Faith Community Baptist Church that loves the Lord, that loves the Lord, that lives for the Lord. And as a church, we should be thankful for that man of God. There's a lot of churches, listen, I, I, I didn't, I don't know how I got into it, but on Facebook, there's a lot of these groups that have been put together by people to post churches who need pastors. I don't know how I got into it because I don't like being in groups because my phone goes off enough. 
But I was scrolling through the other day and I just got curious and I clicked on it. And the entire month of February, month of February is not over yet. And I went looking through that page and 38 churches need pastors just since the 1st of February. I believe that the day that we're living, you look at the statistics, preachers are quitting left and right, preachers are giving up left and right, and listen, preachers are compromising left and right. You look at the book of Titus 2, that talks all about the false teachers that we'll deal with and we're dealing with today. But as a church, as a whole, if we ever want to make the devil run, we need to have a desire for a man of God. And listen, if we ever get to a point where we start to quit desiring a preacher who preaches the Word of God, oh, we're going to be in big trouble. Listen, I don't have all the experience in the world. Listen, I, I, I I was homeschooled. I ain't got all the education in the world. But I will say this tonight, that I know without a shadow of a doubt that just because of my and uh, being a novice and being immature have said stuff that, that ain't been right. Accidentally, I've never said anything on purpose. But I, I, I'm thankful for our man of God tonight. And as we look at this congregation, the book of Nehemiah, they, they wanted to get a hold of God. They just, they just saw what God did. They, God allowed them to build these walls back up in just 52 days. And they wanted to gather together and hear the preached word of God. And they called upon a man by the name of Ezra. And Ezra brought the book. And this evening as we go through our lives and we come to church on a Sunday morning, as we come to church on a Sunday night or a Wednesday night, listen, if it's Brother Brandon, support your preacher. If it's our pastor, support your preacher. We need to desire a man of God who preaches without wavering tonight. The Bible says in our New Testament... Uh, that in 1 Corinthians 1.21 it says, For after that in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. Did you know that I, I am thankful tonight? I was sitting under my daddy. My daddy is that God-fearing preacher. If it had not been for the preaching, the foolishness of preaching that I was sitting under the night I got born again, I would not be saved today. You think of our Bibles tonight. The, the, the Bible, we, if, what if we never had our Bibles? We wouldn't know about Calvary. We wouldn't know about the blood. We wouldn't know about all the things that we have inherited as a child of God. But I'm thankful, even though that we can study our Bibles on our own. Listen, a lot of these denominations, to other denominations, don't want you to read your Bible because it'll show there are a lot of their nonsense that they're trying to shove down your throat. But I'm thankful that not only can we read our Bibles privately, but we have a preacher who can preach to us and feed us. And listen, we look through the Bible at Second. Timothy chapter number 3, it says, All Scripture is given by inspiration by God. And it is profitable for what? Doctrine, reproof, correction. I'm, don't, don't judge me if I get them backwards. But it says, For doctrine, reproof, uh, instruct, correction, and instruction in righteousness. There's messages our pastor will preach that may not sit well with you. There's messages our pastor may preach that may chap your hide. Uh, There's messages that our preacher may preach that may get you to think about our wrongdoing. The Bible says for correction. 
for instruction, that doctrine. We know that doctrine. Our pastor gets up here and preaches about different things and how to teach us the education of the Bible. And we as Christians need to be thankful for a man of God who teaches us doctrine, who teaches us reproof, who teaches us correction, who teaches us instruction in righteousness. Because a lot of people don't have pastors tonight. We see this congregation here they desired, if we ever want to be a church that makes the devil run, we need to have a desire for a man of God who preaches the word. Number two tonight, if we see this uh, church had a desire for a man. Ezra was the man. And the Bible says, They spake unto Ezra the scribe to bring the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded to Israel. Now, I just noticed this. The Bible says that uh, to bring the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded to Israel, this was a command, and they obeyed. I just noticed that. We as Christians are commanded in 2 Timothy chapter number 2, verse number 15, to study, to show thyself approved. And there is not one person in this church house that cannot say, our pastor does not study. And as a church, corporately, personally, we should be thankful that we have a man of God. We should be thankful and have a desire for the preached word of God through the man of God tonight. Look at verse number 2. It says, And, Andrew, and Ezra the priest brought the law before the congregation, both of men and women and all that could hear with understanding upon the first day of the seventh month. And he read therein before the street that was before the water gate from the morning until midday before the men and the women and those that could understand and the ears of all the people were attentive unto the book of the law. Now we see that this church was a church that made the devil run or a congregation that made the devil run. They had a desire for a man. If we ever want to go anywhere, we need to never lose our desire for a true God-called man of God, leather-lung, Holy Ghost-filled preacher that preaches the King James old-time worship tonight. But we see not only did they desire a man, but they had a desire for the message. You look at verse number 1, they said they, they wanted him to bring that book. And the Bible says that he not only brought the book, but he opened the book and he preached from the book and he read the book. And the Bible says in verse number 5, it says, Ezra opened the book in the sight of all the people, for he was above all the people. And when he opened it, all the people stood up. And Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God, and all the people answered, Amen. And with lifting up with their hands and bowed their heads and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. We see that they not only had a desire for a man, they had a desire for the message. And as we've been preaching for the last few weeks, and I don't understand why God does what He does sometimes. I don't understand why He changes messages or why He puts certain messages in certain places. But as a church tonight, we think not only should we be thankful for a man of God that preaches straight and preaches firm and stands on the Word of God, but we should be thankful for the Word of God tonight. There's an importance about our Word of God you say, what if we never had the Bible? If we never had the Bible, we wouldn't know anything about God. We wouldn't know anything about heaven. We wouldn't know anything about hell. We wouldn't know anything about our faults. 
We wouldn't know anything about how to fix our faults. And as we talked just a minute ago about our preacher, this church, this congregation here, they desired a man. They desired a preacher. And as a church, we should desire a preacher. The Bible says that he uses the foolishness of preaching to save them. And we understand that the the context of that, he's meaning uh, the preacher preaches the gospel and the gospel saves them. But as a church, we need to have a desire for the Word of God, for the message of the Lord Jesus Christ. You look at 1 Corinthians chapter number 15, we know the first couple verses. That is the theme of the gospel in a nutshell. The death, burial, and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you go to some of these modern churches, you go through some of these contemporary churches and these jungle beat churches, as our pastor says, and they've changed the word of God. They've removed the word of God. I do pest control at one of the churches nearby, a big church. And everywhere you look, you go to one pew and there's an NIV on one page, on one chair. You go to the other one, there's an ESV over here. You go one here, there's a New King James. You go over here, there's an NASB. You go over here, there's a Pride Bible. You go over here, there's a, uh, just a random Bible. Everything, everything goes anymore. And I want you to understand, if you want to know where, why we use the King James, we can show you that afterwards. But we stand firm on the Word of God. We believe that the Bible says the grass withereth and the, the, the grass withereth, but the Word of God shall stand forever. And I believe and we believe at Faith Community Baptist Church that God has chosen to preserve His Word through the authorized King James Bible. You take the NASB and you take the ESV and you say... Oh, they're both the Word of God. The Bible tells us that there is a Word of God, singular. But there's over in, the, in that stream of Bibles, you, you look, there's over 50 Bibles last time I checked out of that one stream of Bibles. And they all come from that uh, Egyptian stream, that worldly stream, that they kind of hosh-posh Frankenstein stuff together. And you know, when they, when they did that, and you take the ESB, which comes from that stream, Janet, And then you take the NASB, which also comes from that same stream, but they contradict themselves. The Bible that God has chosen to that we stand firm tonight on the Word of God does not contradict itself tonight. It is perfect. It is inerrant. It is infallible. It is incorruptible. It is complete. It is holy. It is almighty. It is righteous tonight. And I'm thankful we go to a church that we have a pastor who preaches that Word, who preaches it without wavering, who preaches it out never changing Word of God tonight. If we ever want to make the devil run, we need to stand and desire the the Word of God. I don't have all the answers, but I can tell you this, that book has all the answers. Listen, I don't know what you've got going on in your marriage, but the Bible's got the answer. I don't know what you've got going financially, but your Bible's got the answer. I don't know what you're dealing with, whether it's discouragement or bitterness or anger, whatever the case may be. You just flip through that King James Bible and you will find your answer. Now, now don't, don't misunderstand. Mike, if I, when I told you what I just told you, you're not going to go in there and say, Mike, this is what you do. You've got to work for it. That's why the Bible says to study to show thyself approved. But as a church, as a congregation, if we ever wanted to make the devil scared, if we ever want to make him run, we need to desire a man of God, and we need to desire a man of God who preaches the message of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, I... I I have been offered several times to preach weddings 
And I haven't preached any weddings. I, I was asked just a few days ago to preach one, and I said no. Um, and you know, a lot of times you get in funerals and stuff, and you get in some, some weird situations. And I don't like, I'm, I don't, I'm not going to marry somebody that ain't in church. I'm not going to marry somebody that's living the world. They're living worldly, drinking, partying, shacked up. I'm not going to do it. Because the Bible says marriage is an honorable thing. It is a biblical thing. Unless you say, what do you got, what, is, what does that mean? I don't care if it makes me lose friends. Our pastor, I know him well enough to tell you tonight that he will lose friends if, it, if, it, if, he, if he has to stand on the Word of God. Listen, tonight, if, you call, if you're under the sound of my voice and you have a problem with the preached Word of God, you need to get saved. I'm, not, I'm, just, I'm being honest with you tonight. I'm, I'm not trying to be ugly. I'm just being honest with you. The Word of God is a life changer. The Word of God is the, way, the reason we know about Christ. The Word of God is the reason we know about salvation. The Word of God is the reason we know about the local church and how God operates and we know about the Trinity. We know about His second coming. We know about His, the rapture of the church. We know all of that because of the Word of God. A congregation that makes the devil run needs to desire that man of God, but they need to desire the message of God. Like I said, you know that very well that you study your Bible and I hope and I pray that you do your daily devotions that will help you in your family life, that will help you in your work life, it will help you in your church life. It's hard sometimes to be faithful to church. And I'm honest and I, I know Savannah has said stuff about it and I've preached plenty of places and I'm brutally honest sometimes. I've told on myself more times than I probably haven't. But you know... I want you to know that I'm not trying to hide nothing from you. And if you've got a problem with me preaching the Word of God, tough luck. As a congregation, we should desire the Word of God. We should desire the man of God. But we see number three tonight, and we finished this church had that desire for a man. They had desire for the message. But we look in verse number 6. It says, And Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God, and all the people answered, Amen. Amen. With the lifting up of their hands, and they bowed their heads, and they worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. We see they had a desire for a man. They had a desire uh, for the message of God. But we see they had a desire for the Messiah. And you know, we've seen a church, churches all around us that have missed the mark. You say, what do you mean? The Bible tells us to be separated from the world. And you know, it's, you go to a lot of these new churches, and I, I don't know why God has us here tonight, but I, I'm just trying to follow Him. There's this, this thing that they've made Jesus a feminine character. They've made Jesus this fruity, frilly guy. And I sent Savannah a video. There's this, apparently there's this new animated TV show coming out that is wicked as the devil. 
This TV show I watched, or I didn't watch it, I saw a, a trailer of it. The very first scene of this TV show says, Very long ago there was a place called heaven. It was pure place that was guarded with gates of gold. And it said there was ruled by the angels, and you already know this is already jacked up. Ruled by the purest angel, but there was an angel by the name of Lucifer that had brilliant and bright ideas. This, this is real. This is coming out in just a few weeks. Brilliant and grand ideas, but all the other angels said that he was uh, too much. And then I'm trying to remember how it went, but then it, it went to a place where they threw him out of heaven... And it says that the angels created Adam and Lily. At least they got male and female, right? And it says that the devil, Lucifer, met this woman named Lily and they fell in love. And it got to a place where it said that she was so sick of Adam trying to control her that she fell in love with Lucifer and they ran off and got married. And Adam's second wife, Eve, they came back and tempted her with the apple. This show says that uh, the angels were sick and tired of him trying to uh, destroy the earth and they made a heartless decision to throw him in hell. And this so-called lily in the picture is roaming through earth fulfilling the wondrous, the wondrous ideas of Lucifer. Now you, every one of you, just, just everything I just said, just, it's a bunch of nonsense, right? We're living in a world that is trying their best to remove Jesus We're try, they're trying their best to destroy His name, to destroy His characteristics, to destroy His manliness, to destroy everything about Him. And listen, I've got news for you tonight. Jesus, like I said a minute ago, He is the same yesterday, today and forever. And He is not no sissy. He is a man who has got backbone. He's got a man who walked up Calvary's hill and took a beating for you and I. And listen, as a church, as we move forward, if we ever want to make the devil run tonight... We we need to get to a place where we need to start desiring Him. We don't need to desire the things of this world. The Bible says that sin is pleasures for a season. But heaven is eternal pleasure. Listen, tonight, I don't, I don't know where your heart is. I don't know why God has this for the hour. But this congregation had a desire for a man. They had a desire for a message. And they had a desire for the man, the Messiah. And you know, we see here as, a, as this congregation here in Ezra chapter number 8, it says that the preacher preached and they blessed the Lord, the great God, and all the people answered, Amen! Amen! They praised the Messiah. They praised God. They praised the Lord Jesus Christ because they had a desire for Him. 
Listen, there's nobody in here, I don't believe, that has not watched God do great and mighty things in this place. God has saved people. God has, God has uh, healed people. God has uh, fixed encouragements and, or encouraged peoples and fixed marriages. And listen, I don't know what you're dealing with tonight, but if we ever want to be a church that goes forward, if we ever want to be a church that makes the devil run and the devil tremble in his shoes, and we need a desire to have a man of God and desire that man of God that stands on the firm foundation of Christ. We need to have a desire for the message of the Word of God and we need to desire Jesus Christ tonight. Savannah's coming to the piano as we're standing all over the house this evening. Listen, I don't know what, what, like I said, I don't understand everything in this life. But I'll say this to you today. As a church, as Faith Community Baptist Church, we've got a man of God like no other. We've got a man of God that stands on the truth. We've got a, we got a, a church here that I believe has a desire for the message. And I believe we have a church that desires the Lord Jesus Christ. And listen, I'm going to be honest with you, and I never want to take for granted that everyone is born again. If you're not born again tonight, you have no idea what I'm talking about. I want you to understand that this Messiah that we're talking about came to this earth, suffered brutal pain, was nailed to an old rugged cross, and was crucified for mine and your sins. And if you, if you have never been saved, your greatest need tonight is salvation because you are on your way to a devil's hell apart from the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Everyone is a sinner. Our righteousness are as filthy rags. But the Bible says, whosoever. I don't care how bad you've been, how rotten your life is, how broke you are, how rich you are, what color your skin is. The Lord loves you and He wants to save your soul tonight. But if you are saved, let's never forget that we need to have a desire for the man. Listen, don't he's still a man, by the way. Don't put him up on a pedestal. He'll fail just like I'll fail you every time. But he's the man God's called to be our shepherd. We need to have a desire for the word and the message. And we need to have a desire for the Lord tonight. She's singing just a couple verses, a verse or two of that. You need to find a place on the altar. They're open as she sings. Hello, friends. This is Brian Pondexter, the pastor of Faith Community Baptist Church, located at 2216 Hennings Road in East Bend, North Carolina. We're so grateful to have you listening to our CD ministry that's been provided as an outreach of our church. It's our desire and focus at Faith Community Baptist Church to preach and teach the whole counsel of God to a lost and dying world to equip the saints of God for service, and to encourage the elderly and shut-ins who cannot attend services due to physical ailments. We meet every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. for Sunday school for all ages, and our Sunday school hour is followed by our worship service at 11 a.m. with old-fashioned singing and preaching from the Word of God. We meet back every Sunday night at 6 p.m. for our worship service, and every second Sunday night of each month we have what's called an eat-and-meet service, after our 6 p.m. service, we gather in the fellowship hall for food and fellowship. On Wednesdays, 
We meet back at the church for our midweek worship service with choir singing and preaching again from God's holy word. Our ladies prepare a meal each Wednesday prior to our service from 5.30 p.m. to 6.30 p.m. I give you and your family a cordial invitation to be with us at any or all of our service times. Above all, you may be listening today, and maybe you've never made a personal commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ. Friend, that's the greatest decision anyone can ever make in this life. Too many folks prepare for vacation. They prepare for retirement. They seem to prepare for everything, but sad to say, many make no preparations for eternity. The reality is very clear. We all will leave this world someday. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 27, And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. You must understand that you are guilty before a holy God. Romans 3.23 said, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The prophet Isaiah said in chapter 53 and verse 6, All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. You must understand that your good words and good works and good deeds will not get you to heaven. Isaiah 64 and verse 6 says, But we are all as an unclean thing. All our righteousnesses are as filthy rags, and we all do fade as a leaf, and our iniquities, like the wind, have taken us away. Ephesians chapter 2, the Bible said, Therefore by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. You must understand that you're loved. I'm thankful that in John 3 and verse 16, it said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Romans 5 and verse 8 declares, But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You must understand and realize there's only one way to stand right before God. There's not many ways, there's only one. Jesus said in John 14 and verse number 6, He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Acts chapter 4 and verse 12, the apostles' message was very simple. There in Acts chapter 4, In verse number 12, they said, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. You might ask the question, Preacher, how can I be saved? That's what the Philippian jailer asked in Acts chapter 16, verse 30 and 31. He asked Paul and Silas, he said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved and thy house. Romans 10, 9 said that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. You must ask God to save you. I can't do it. No one can do it for you. Romans 10, 13 said, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you know you're a sinner, and if you're sorry for your sin, and you believe Jesus died for your sins, you simply have to ask him to save you. You might say, Preacher, how can I know for sure God will hear me? But first of all, the Bible tells us that we must be drawn. John 6 and verse 44, Jesus said, No man can come to me except the Father which had sent me. Draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day. Psalm 51 and verse 17 gives us the attitude we need to have when we come to God. It said there, The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. O God, thou wilt not despise. If God draws you by conviction, if you're sorry for your sin, you repent of them, If you believe Jesus died for your sins and if you asked him to save you, then the Bible declares you've been saved. If you trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, then you've been forgiven of all your sin. 
Romans 8, 1 declares, There is therefore now no condemnation of them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Once a person has been saved, they need to be a part of a fundamental Bible-believing church where they can grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. God calls us out of darkness and commands us to walk in light after we've been saved by His marvelous grace. If we can help you here at Faith Community Baptist Church in any way, feel free to contact us. If you have asked God to save you, please contact us, and we will send you some free literature to help you in your newfound life in Christ. Thank you again for listening to our CD ministry that's been provided by our church here, and may God richly bless you and your family is our prayer.